Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, everyone. It's a great day today, September 24th, 2021. I'm so happy to introduce to you such an inspirational human being. He's really beautiful. His name is Lee Tomlinson, and we're going to be talking about how we can restore compassion in the healthcare field. He's also the author of a new book called Compassion Heals, From Self-Care to Healthcare. But he really is going to have a great message for all of us today. And part of it is going to, we're going to be talking about his journey and how he ended up where he is today. And the other part is going to kind of help people, with the, give people the tools to kind of heal themselves. Because when, when everybody does that, then we can kind of collectively help heal the world because we're at a really critical time in our history. Welcome, Lee. Thank you. It's, uh, it's uh, good to be here. And given my uh, health history, it's good to be anywhere, actually. So uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Why don't we start out? Why don't you tell us how you ended up where you are today? <laughs> well, so I just, thanks God, and by the luck of the universe, uh, I just turned 72. So uh, I could spend the next hour giving you my history. But um, so very briefly, I, you know, I've been a professional athlete, traveled the world, helped open China during uh, ping pong diplomacy, uh, came back and raised $100 million from major not-for-profit, award-winning producer, um, studio owner. Um, so I've had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life. Um, I've also ridiculous amount of time in the hospitals around the world. I've been hospitalized in six different countries. Um, I've broken more than a dozen bones, some as many as three times. Um, I've had my thumb pulled off. I've had my toes amputated, skin grass bone, you get the idea. I am a nothing if not a perpetual patient. But I have to say I survived all of that. And in every one that I can remember, I was treated not only medically competently, uh, I mean, I'm still alive, but right. I was also treated with compassion, kindness, understanding, respect, um, until... I was diagnosed with stage three, stage four throat cancer. I went to see my ENT to um, get an allergy taken care of. 
uh, I was playing, uh, qualifying. I had qualified for the California State Senior Amateur Golf Championships up at Pebble Beach, but my some new allergy was getting me. So I went to see her to figure out what it was. Now, what's hilarious is I was actually allergic to grass, which oh is gosh. not fair for a golfer, although my wife thought it was divine intervention and I was being punished for all those mm. times that I had spent playing golf rather than being with her. And I think there's maybe truth in that. Regardless, I walked out of her office three and a half hours later with a diagnosis of advanced throat cancer. And I underwent um, seven months of treatment. That was all of those accidents and illnesses over my lifetime times a thousand relative to pain, mental, physical, emotional. And at the very end of my treatment, I was hospitalized unexpectedly. I passed out, was rushed to a hospital, and um, admitted with an unidentifiable septic infection at the site of my port. So now I'm dying dying of an infection. I've lost 60 pounds, lost the ability to swallow, literally, um, almost lost the ability to speak. Didn't know if I'd survive the cancer, let alone the infection. And my life was a mess. Um, I hadn't made any money in a year. Didn't know if I'd speak, didn't know if I'd live. Uh, I'm kind of a jerk when I'm in pain, so I was ruining my marriage. My life was an absolute shambles. If there ever was a time when I was hospitalized that I could have used some simple human kindness, it was there, and I got zero. I got the polar opposite. These people treated me like a piece of meat. I was, in their exact words, which I overheard, the aging white male with advanced throat What? What? And a septic infection. I was the aging white male in 2212. Not studio owner, not award-winning producer, not any of that. And that's the way they treated me. And here's the thing I discovered. Literally, it broke my heart. I was on the edge. Sure. I was living in 15-minute increments. You know, can I make it from 215 to 230, 230 to 245? And... When people in whose hands I put my life decided I'm not worth simple human kindness, call it compassion, kindness, whatever you want to call it, I believed them. And so I thought, well, these people are in control of my life. If they think I'm not worth it, they're probably right. And I decided that I would take uh, a bunch of fentanyl patches, of which I had unlimited amounts to try and dull the pain, go to sleep, and my family would collect on a key man life insurance policy at the studio that was worth millions, way more than I was worth, but it would have been a great partying gift, and that's what I decided to do. So I literally got out of the hospital, and a buddy of mine came, doctor friend, and um, I managed, I wanted to ask him, how many patches do I put on so it doesn't look like suicide? He sat down. He, very hard for me to speak. I was very slow speaking because it was excruciating. I managed to get out all of the miseries they had inflicted on me, and he did a remarkable thing. Number one, he just listened to me. Didn't interrupt mm-hmm. Didn't tell me to speak up. Didn't tell me to speak loud. Nothing. Just listen. And when I stopped to take a breath, he put his hand on my arm, And he said, Lee, 
I am so, so, so sorry for the lack of compassion you experienced at a time when you needed it most. And he said, I am ashamed of healthcare because it's happening more and more and more to people in America and around the world. And he said, I'm ashamed. And he said, can I make a suggestion? He said, I know you're at the end of your rope. I get it. I don't blame you. I can't help you because of my Hippocratic oath. But rather than doing yourself in, how about this? How about you fight? And if you live, if you're lucky and you live, how about you devote the rest of your life to reminding healthcare professionals and others about the immense healing power of kindness and compassion and see if you can't reverse what's been a 25-year downward trend in the presence of compassion in healthcare. And in that moment, the fact that this man took that kind of time with me, gave me that kind mm-hmm. of respect, thought I could make a difference, it literally saved my life. And I put the fentanyl patch back in the box and haven't used them since. So wow, kind of what here. He said, you know, start a movement. Well, you know, my fentanyl, you know, induced brain, um, yeah, movement, perfect. Yeah, that's the idea. Compassion movement. Yeah, sure. I didn't know how to start a movement. Uh, first thing I needed to do was to heal and survive, which was no sure. guarantee. But I did start reading about this subject of compassion and was mind-boggled by the scientific evidence of its healing power, not only for the patient, for the receiver, but also for the giver. And that's when I realized that um, we're in a compassion crisis, not just in healthcare, but in the world. Uh, And it is getting less and less and less every single day. 50% of patients today say they get zero compassion while being treated in a medical setting. And since compassion has been scientifically proven to be absolutely essential to the best, quickest outcome for patients, the fact that 50% of us aren't getting it is a tragedy that borders on malpractice. So my mission life to remind those healthcare professionals of the necessity of being compassionate with their patients and colleagues and perhaps as or more importantly, 60% of healthcare professionals are burned out, which leaves them emotionally unable to be compassionate. So they need to start taking better care of themselves to make sure they're healthy and strong enough to be able to be fully competent with their skills and compassionate with their heart. So that's Mm -hmm. a long answer to a short question, but that's how I ended up here. I've spoken to a couple of hundred audiences around the world um, over the last five or six years. Uh, Just published, as you said, the Compassion Heals, uh, my book, From Self-Care to Healthcare. Um, And we're working on a feature-length documentary on the same subject. So it's it's been a tough battle, but I'm alive. I'm grateful. And... um, now let's see if we can't bring a little more compassion into the world because it desperately needs that healing power. I guess my question 
is the professionals are so overworked, um, yep. particularly now where you know a lot of the yep. a lot of the staff is is uh, leaving these facilities. Um, so then you have a staff that's just so pressed for time, you know, moving from point A to point B, you know, B to C, back to A, da 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 da, da all day long. Um, how are they um, able to find that compassion element in such a yeah. short period of time? Well, you have to understand, the vast majority of um, healthcare professionals that I've interviewed, and that's hundreds of them since my cancer, got into healthcare because they intensely felt the pain of others and mm -hmm. wanted to do whatever they could do to relieve it. That is the definition of compassion. I feel your pain, and I want to do whatever I can do to relieve it. So the problem is that their personality types are such that they're, and I mean this in a positive, they're people pleasers. They want to do good. And until every person on the face of the planet is healthy, they push and push and push and push and forget that their health is essential to their ability to particular for us. So mm -hmm. what do they do? Number one, they have to realize it's not selfish to take care of your own needs. It's a necessity. They must. They must resist that temptation to work themselves into a ditch. Now, if they're already approaching or coming out of or in the midst of burnout, the first thing they have to do is admit it. And that's hard for caregivers. They think it's weak. They think they failed. You know, I should never put myself first. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? But but you know, um, I've also found as a patient, you know, when you go yes. in to see yeah. your physician, if you if if the patient shows some compassion for them, in a way that basically asks them, how are you doing? Or or you observe the fact that maybe they have a wrap around their finger and you ask them, what happened? They'll gladly tell you. They'll gladly share that with you. I've also found that they'll even say to me, you know, I've had a really bad day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, and you're, sitting there, you're, sitting, you're sitting there as a patient and you're just going, you know, I, you know, I look at them and I go, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm really sorry. Well, so it works both answer, ways. It works both ways. Well, it does. And, you know, if you happen to be in a medical situation where it's not, you're not in excruciating pain, you're not in the middle of an operation, you're not, you know, where you can actually have the presence of mind. Yeah. Um, what is it? Um, Someone said, if you want to make somebody happy, be kind. If you yes. want to be be kind. Because what happens is, is you, give, you get what you give. 
And it would be nice if all patients would be committed to taking care of the mental, physical, and emotional health of their doctors. But, and, 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 and please do that every time you can. Um, having said that, it's not our job. They're not paying us to take care of them. We're paying them to do that with us. And so it needs to be an obligation on their part to take better care of themselves so that they can do what they got into medicine to do, which is to treat, cure, and comfort us as patients. Right. That's what right. Hippocrates said their three jobs were. Yes, if you have the presence of mind and you're going in for a checkup or something that's not, you know, you're not in excruciating right. pain, you, you ought right. to be kind to everybody because you know what? When you help relieve the pain of a physician, a family member, a complete stranger, the thing that's so astonishing about compassion is it has an enormous amount of medical benefits, not the least of which is receiving kindness releases oxytocin into the receiver's body. Forget what it does to your immune system and empowering it and makes you them feel happy. All of that stuff is absolutely true. It's also true for the giver. You get the exact same benefits giving it as you do receiving it. So it's a very powerful medicine to relieve the pain of others. Will it solve every one of their problems? No, of course not. However, let me tell you a quick story. So in this book, uh, there's a book called Compassionomics, which was written by two extraordinary research doctors and scientists. And they reviewed hundreds of studies to find out whether compassion was measurably impactful um, on a patient's recovery. They went into it thinking it was not. Yeah, it was a nice thing if you, know, if you had a minute and you could, you know, great. But they didn't think that it had measurable, significant impact on the health of a patient. By the time they finished two and a half years of studies, they had re- uh, reversed that 180 degrees and now are absolutely clear, providing compassionate care in addition to competence for your patients is an absolute necessity. So the simple fact of the matter is, is that is rapidly disappearing in America today, and we need to remind healthcare professionals that they've got to take care of themselves. You can't heal others if you're hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So if you're suffering as a doctor, a nurse, a, a phlebotomist, a whatever, you have to take care of your health first. Was the book um, that you quoted, was it called Compassion Economics? It's called, it's a takeoff on that. It's called Compassionomics, uh, C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N-O-M-I-C-S. Dr. Oh, wow. It's an okay. astonishing book. Yeah, I want to read it. And it is unarguable. It's evidence. Anything that I say today is supported 100% by evidence. 
And they brought all that evidence, synthesized it down into one book. And Mm -hmm. you read it, it's like, holy cow. You know, this is the answer to everything. And the truth, it is. Because if we commit, look, we can sit around and complain all day long about, oh, this stinks and that stinks and there's too much violence. Or we can take action. Most of us, you know, haven't got the money or the space or the whatever to, you know, cure the world. But the story I was going to tell you is a fellow who wrote a suicide note. And he said, I'm going to walk to the bridge and jump off unless one person makes eye contact with me. They found his body the next morning floating in the bay. That means he walked all the way to the bridge. All he needed was somebody to give him a glance, acknowledge his physical presence, Mm -hmm. stay with that look, I see you, and he would not have committed suicide. How long would that have taken? A second? Two seconds? That's the power of compassion. You never know where somebody is in the battle. Are they close to walking to a bridge and jumping off? In that case, it can literally save a life. And the same Mm -hmm. is true. If it hadn't been for that short conversation I had with my doctor pal, I wouldn't be alive today. And that conversation maybe took five minutes. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do as people, we are genetically in our DNA. We, it is absolutely necessary for us to connect with people. It's never been the survival of the strongest. It's always been the survival of the nicest. Because when we were cavemen and being eaten by tyrannosauruses, somebody walked up to a fellow caveman and said, "Um, I noticed last night you had uh, your wife eaten by a tyrannosaurus. Um, I got an idea. How about tonight you go to sleep? I will stay up and watch over you. And then tomorrow, how about this? You watch over me, and together we can form a little community, which with a bunch of us, a little less uh, likely a tyrannosaurus will eat us. And that's how we survive. When you take a child, a young child, Mm -hmm. and you put them into a room with another child who is crying and upset, they will automatically try to comfort that child. They'll go over, they'll give them hugs, they'll give them kisses, they'll try and get help with That's how we're bred. The reason people stop doing that is their parents or friends or others who are involved with raising them say, oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, that makes you too vulnerable. Oh, you shouldn't hug a, you're a man or a boy, you shouldn't hug a girl. Oh, you know, you don't even know that person. Maybe you think it comes. But our instinct is to be compassionate. So if you look in the world right now, I've never seen a time where there's less simple human kindness than right now. So if we want to make a change, we individually commit to simple, kind acts as often as we humanly possibly can, and some of them will actually save a life. 
but all of them will improve the quality of the mental, physical, and emotional life of the receiver and you. And you. So if you want to feel better during the pandemic, go volunteer at a soup kitchen. Go give a dollar to a homeless person. Go open the door for somebody. Go do something kind for someone, and it will be as good a medicine for you as it is for the receiver. Yeah, I was um, I was at a gas station, and I was you know filling my car up, and I noticed that there was this uh, young gal, and she was going through the trash cans there. Oh dear. So. Yep. She was looking for, you know, recyclable plastic bottles, and I had to have one in my car. So I took it out of my car, and I handed it to her, and she looked at me, and she said, thank you. And it just touched my heart. I mean, you know, one little plastic bottle, and and she's like, thank you. And so I thought to myself, I want to help her more, more, right? Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I went to my wallet, and I took out a $20 bill, and I said, I want to do this for you. And she says, you don't have to. And I said to her, it's not about me having to. I want to. Yes. Yes. And she took the money, and she stopped going through the trash cans, and she went back to her beat-up, you know, looking van, you know? Yep. Yep. And I drove away, and I just thought, you know... (laughs) This world is just crazy right now. But but you also, I mean, look, that person was clearly in terrible pain and feeling absolutely invisible because most people that see people going through the trash try to avoid eye contact because they're afraid that they'll be asked for money. So you actually overcame that fear. She wasn't going to ask you for anything. She felt invisible. You mm-hmm. said to her, I see you. I see your pain. I see that you're working hard to make some money. And it's a little easier for me. Maybe I can help you. Would you mind? And you gave her the bottle or um, can, whatever it was. And then you went back and got some money and gave that to her. That to her says, oh, my God. People see me. People care about me. Mm-hmm. People are mm-hmm. willing to help me. The impact of, I promise you to this day, I don't care if there was a day, week, month, year ago, if you were to remind her, remember that time I saw you once? It was at a gas station, and I, she'll remember that for the rest of her life, and it will have that same healing benefit for her. But look at how um, fulfilled you felt by knowing that you played a part in relieving the pain of another. True. That's a win-win if there ever was one. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, dro- I, I drove away and I kind of had tears in my eyes, you know, just, yeah. because, just because she, that, what a, what a difficult situation. Oh, what a difficult situation. And you helped make it better. It's still difficult, but she will have that, little ray of hope that I matter. I am not invisible to everybody. I don't need to walk to a bridge and jump off. People see yeah, her, me. Her response, Some of them are her, response, yeah, her response to me was a little puzzling when, when she basically said, 
you know, you don't have to do that. Well, yes, because she was embarrassed that she was in a situation where she had to mm-hmm. accept a handout from a complete stranger. That's humiliating. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? I mean, who wants to admit yeah. I am so poor, I'm gathering, you know, cans out of a trash bin, I'm living mm-hmm. like crap, uh, I feel invisible, um, I hate it, and all of a sudden somebody says, no, you're important. I feel your pain. I get it. Let me help a little bit. Yeah. It's no joke. Scientifically, that is life-giving and life-saving. It is that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's a little different from when, I mean, that, that incident was a little different from when you see somebody standing out there at a traffic light with a sign where they hold up a sign saying, you know, I need, I need uh, money. I don't have any food sort of thing, you know? Yes. Yes. A little bit different. Well, look, whatever moves you, whenever the spirit moves you, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You can't walk down the street and give every person 20 bucks who you think might need it. That doesn't make practical sense. But when the spirit moves you, rather than going, oh, I don't need it, you know, she'll be, I mean, you know, if it moves you, if you're somehow, you know, you're moved by her situation, act on it, and you will both be rewarded enormously. Choose your spot. There, there, there's no right answer to when to be kind. Just look for the opportunities and be it as often as you can. So, so give us a, a specific on, on what a nurse could do to, to help um, a patient. Yeah. Well, it's the same exact thing. But all a patient wants, all we want, is to be seen, heard, and appreciated. So whether it's a nurse, whether it's a doctor, whether it's um, billing, whatever it is, you know, when you go into a room, number one, take a deep breath before you walk into that room and get present. I'm here. I'm not the last patient. I'm not the next one. I'm not going out tonight. It's not next Tuesday's vacation, whatever. I'm right here right now. This person has my full attention for 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 10 hours, whatever it is. Walk in, and if their name is on the outside of the room, address them by name. If you've never met them before, say, you know, introduce yourself. Tell them your name. I have a woman who cleaned my room every day for 14 days and never once introduced herself. Came into the room at that hospital. Never spoke to me, never introduced, never anything. I mean, I felt invisible. And that's the worst feeling in the world. That's what that woman, you know, going through that trash bin, felt invisible until you saw her. So touch patients whenever you can. Literally, the benefits of hand-on touch scientifically, even if you've got rubber gloves on, the fact that your warmth and your hand connects you as humans, incredibly powerful. Be courteous. Say please. Say thank you. 
ask mm-hmm. if there's anything else you can do when you've done all that you're supposed to do on that particular visit. Is there anything else you need? Um, you know, just stuff that you were taught in the sixth grade, um, which then we called polite. That's a good start. No, that's, a, that's a really good, yeah, yeah, that's a really it's good. It's hard. Uh, this is hard stuff. No, and what your granny told I, you. And yeah, I do don't. I, I've definitely noticed, you know, when I'm out and about, that people really don't say thank you hardly anymore yeah. or yeah. please. Yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah. It doesn't matter where Me I too. am. It's, Me too. You know, and, and um, we raised our, our child to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, yep. Me too. You know, from a very young age. And it's it's just something that you know is in, instilled, and it's habitual. Well, and it, you see people smile. Exactly. You know, literally, this is no joke. When you smile, it uh, even if you're faking it, it, your body recognizes that as a symbol of happiness, of a symbol of goodness, and if you fake it long enough, you will literally start to feel it. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not in the mood, I remember a shrink telling me, <clears throat> they had a person who was very depressed. Yeah, they prescribed drugs and whatever uh, because they were very depressed. And they said, all right, here's your homework. Between now and our next session, which is 30 days now, I want you to go out and I want you to do one kind act a day and write it down. At the end of 30 days, their depression was significantly less. Yes, it had something to do with the drugs, but he gave her that homework because he knows the healing benefits of kindness when you give it and see the reaction in the eyes and body of the people you give it to. That's mm-hmm. healing in both directions. So, yeah, um, no, it, it, it really is. It really, it really, really is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's, right. it's um, you know, I'm a cancer survivor as well. And I remember I when, I would, when I would go into the doctor's office for treatment, I found out that there were these organic drinks that were very um, nutritional. Mm-hmm. And in my ob- observation, a lot of the people couldn't eat. You know, they just felt yep. so bad and they just couldn't eat. Yep. So yep. I would bring in drinks and give it to my oh. doctor oh. and oh. say to him, if you, you know, if you feel like it or, or whatever, um, yep. these would be nice for you to hand to them, you know, if your observation is that they're having trouble that way. And every time I went in there, I brought drinks with me. You know, wow. and I got fe- wow. and I got feedback. You know, I got feedback that some of them were, you know, were get the- getting them, which was really a great thing. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, that speaks highly of uh, your grandmother, your mom, and your dad, um, who taught you that that's what a um, human being ought to do. It's your, it's our nature. Again, remember, five years old. You're in a room with another five-year-old, and one of them is crying. The other one, unless taught differently, will automatically, by nature, go over and grab that kid 
and hug them and try and find a solution. It's who we are. We just mm-hmm. have to get by distance and realize that it's science, not woo-woo. It's absolutely empirically proven that a kind act has immense medical benefits for the person receiving it, in a hospital or not, and the person giving it. It's just a question of, will we do it? There's pain everywhere. It's a question of whether well, we want to. Well, you know, the, the, the classic definition um, of a, let's just say, a narcissist is that they, they don't have the ability to step outside their own pain to help others. Yes. Yes. And I learned yes. that a very, very, very long time ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that classic person is never going to be able to, you know, um, perform that function. But, uh, you know, looking at society as a whole, there's not more narcissistic, narcissistic people than there are just regular people. Let me respectfully differ with you. Friend of mine really? runs a yes. Everybody has the genetics of compassion, but compassion and its expression requires that we look deeply within inside ourselves, find what hurts us, and never take it out on anybody else. Everybody has pain in some degree. Everybody's had loss. Everybody's had grief. Everybody's had disappointment. So the question is, is knowing that whatever steps are necessary, that person, a friend of mine runs this program for um, prisoner, uh, uh, people in um, penitentiaries. Um, and he has seen and told and written about and done a movie about where someone simply paying attention to the meanest, creepiest jerk on the world in the world, literally turns them around. And mm. despite the fact they're not pretending because they're not getting out of prison, their life, you know, life sentence, mm-hmm. but they become a completely different person as a result of getting the medicine of compassion. I see you. How can I help? And that's what he does is facilitate those groups. So um, the hardest humans on the face of the planet can have an experience of compassion that is so powerful, it will change them forever for the better. Will they be perfect? No, neither will you or me. But right. it will absolutely change their perspective because they feel, I have value. The fact that somebody else was kind to me or to a family member or somebody I care about mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. moves them that they change and become the person they were born as rather than the person um, that they got beat up um, and became later in life. So there oh, are every possibility. Um, it's just a question of whether they look at their pain, deal with it healthfully, if that's a word, um, or just allow it to fester like an infection and get worse, and ultimately they end up in a shopping center with a high-powered rifle shooting people. Happy people don't ever do that. Happy people don't ever do that. People in immense pain do that because they feel invisible, and the only way they can express that anger and rage for all of the horrible things that have happened to them is to take it out on others. That Mm -hmm. doesn't work. 
that doesn't work. Wow. Wow. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners regarding Well, yeah, I do actually. Uh, Oh, good. Again, you know, the, the... the big issue, so let's, let's sort of put this all in perspective. We okay. know the healing benefits of compassion. We know that from the biggest to the medium to the smallest pain that somebody experiences can be significantly lessened or uh, disappeared by the kind acts of another. Knowing that we have, each of us, that healing power, Scientifically proven. The question is, will we use that power of our own human kindness to help relieve the pain of others and in doing so relieve our own? So unless we make a commitment to taking action, it's all just talk. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Who cares? So here's what I'd like to do if it's okay with you. On my website, um, which is very simple. It's www. It's Lee L E E Tomlinson T O M L I N S O N dot com. If you go to my website, on the front page is what we call the Compassion Heals Challenge. Sign up for it. Here's what the challenge is. When you sign up, you agree for the next week, seven days. Every single day, you will do, on purpose, intentionally, one kind act for somebody else. One. One. At the end, and every day that after you sign up, we'll send you, we won't, and so we're not going to sell you information, you're not going to get asked for anything. Every day, we will send you an email um, encouraging you through the seven days. If you finish the challenge, or should I say when you finish the challenge, um, and seven days, seven kind acts, which can take a moment, open the door for somebody, give a dollar to a homeless person, little itty-bitty thing, family, friends, neighbors, um, strangers, at the end of the seven days, if you've committed seven kind acts, we're going to send you a free digital version of my new book. So you don't have to pay for it. So you save $15. All you have to do is take action in your own little community, your own little world, your own little family to sign up for the challenge, do one kind act a day for seven days, at the end of which you'll feel better, the recipients will feel better, and you'll have a free book. How much better oh. is that? That's, that's a wonderful right? challenge. Yeah. It's yeah. a great challenge. And I'm, all I'm asking is, Seven days of kind acts. Yeah. That's it. That's, That's it. it. So, so go to the website, leetomlinson.com, and sign up and let us inspire you for those seven days. You'll be shocked at the pleasure and joy you get uh, doing it and how extraordinary you make the recipients feel at the same time. Oh. That's that's just great. Now, if people want to purchase your book, which is purchase called it, yes. 
yeah. Compassion yeah. Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare by Lee Tomlinson. Where can Thank they get you. your book? Um, go to Amazon. It's the easiest. You can go to my website, but it's a pain in the neck. Um, go to Amazon, <laughs> uh, and if you want to pay for it, go to Amazon and, and, and buy it. Um, okay. uh, but again, if you take the challenge, I'll send you a digital version, and you'll have it for free. So earn it. Earn it. Be kind. Earn it. Uh, and if uh, you want to pay for it, just go to uh, Amazon. Well, it's been great talking with you. Really, really has. Thank this you. Interview and you will, too. This, this interview will stick with me for a long time, and I'm sure for those listeners who weren't able to um, tune in today, they'll be able to through all our different um, channels that have our I podcast know. available. Yep. Continue uh, your your wonderful, wonderful work. Thank you. Thank you, and be you well. as well, and uh, take the challenge. Absolutely, I'm All going right. to encourage my. I'm going to encourage my village to take the challenge. Yeah. Yes, please. The <laughs> world will. Oh, and let me. Do I have one more second to make one more point? Oh, of course, of course. Okay, but you know where time wise, I'm not looking at the clock. So yeah, no. You know, I've made the point very clearly. I hope that. Being kind is hugely beneficial to the health, mental, physical, emotional of the giver and the receiver. But here's one more scientifically proven quality it has as well. And that is that when a person receives a kind act, a compassionate act, they are... Oh, my God, we're having thunder and lightning. We're having thunder and lightning right now. Holy moly. It's so loud. <laughs> I know. It just went through here. Same exact thing. Um, so when a person the, receives a kind act. Yes. Um, they are highly likely to pass it on. And that person is highly, it's just proven to pass it on. So when you do a kind act for someone, they're likely to pass it on, who's likely to pass it on, who's likely to pass it on. So it creates this ripple effect. So your kindness in a moment doesn't just touch you and the person you gave it to. It'll touch others, which will touch others, which will touch others. So if you want to make a difference in the world, this is maybe the easiest way to have a ripple effect of goodness go out into the world. So please, take the challenge. Absolutely. One kind act a day for seven days. And we we literally can save the world. There's, I, I want to remind you that you can go to uh, Lee's website, which is called LeeTomlinson.com. And on the front page, Compassion Heals Challenge is there. You can sign up. Yep. 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 Please do. We want to make you a friend. We want to support you. And God knows the world needs it now. More Absolutely. Than ever in my life. That's for sure. I know. I know. Yep. Let's do it. Thank you, Let's Lee. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. And uh, thank you, you to your listeners for your show. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye.
right, that wraps up our show for today. So please join us again next week. We'll have another wonderful guest for you. In the meantime, please be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 